Hey y'all, it's Delaney. And it's Katie, and this is Classically Black Podcast. Where we talk all things classical music and being black in the profession. With trap beats playing in the background. Guten Tag. How I knew you was going to say that. I tried to figure out something else to say, and then I couldn't, because I, I don't know any languages besides English, so. Bonjour. How do you say hi in Italian? Ciao. Nope. Ciao? No. <laughs> oh. Cuckoo. I say... Lay hi. No, I'm just right. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, I don't know. Pasta. I just. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess I don't know nothing about Italian besides, you know, music terms, but. That's enough. Um. Well, yeah. I mean, is this our last episode of Black History Month? It sure is. It comes out on the last day of Black History Month. Help you guys help everybody had a, a I was about to say a black well yeah a black Black History Month. Now let's make it a uh, March. Let's make March. Let's keep the same energy. A melanin March. Mm-hmm. Period. Um. Okay. Well, news this week. Keeping it short and t- keeping it short. Um. Yeah, I don't even know how to describe this. So obviously. There's a lot going on. This whole literal war happening right now. It's very sad. Very, very sad and heartbreaking. And this, um, girl, I had a dream. I'm not even going to talk about that dream because I literally woke up, I woke up crying like it was bad. I've never had a dream that bad before. Oh, shoot. About this. Like, I've never had a dream that bad before. I texted my mom and she didn't respond. (laughs) She she ignored my text and started talking about something else. Oh my god! <laughs> I was like, okay, girl. Anyway, she said, "You are an adult on your own." Okay. <laughs> um, no, she honestly, she probably didn't even see it. Mm-hmm. I think she probably didn't see it. I should ask her. Um, no, she probably did. Now I'm kind of mad at that. Why would you not respond? Anyway, you over here traumatized alone. She's like, so anyway, um, a letter came here for you. I opened it though. I was playing. <laughs> Um, it took pretty much zero time for this to sort of uh, affect classical music because um, the conductor Valerie Georgiev um, was scheduled to do some concerts at Carnegie Hall um, on th- I think Thursday, Friday, or something like that. Like this past um, when you're listening to this, this past like weekend or so, and. Um, so it was sort of trending on on Twitter to cancel his performance or cancel his appearance, um, as well as the appearance of um, a Russian pianist that he was supposed to uh, perform with. He was performing with the Vienna Philharmonic, um, as well as um, the Russian pianist. I'm lo- Why did I lose his name? What did I write it down? Denis Matstuev, I think. Um, and so people were calling for both both of them to be uh, removed, removed from the programs. Um, initially, I mean, apparently this has been there have been protests against uh, Georgia's appearances in the United States for about a decade now, which I didn't really? know. Yeah, because getting be everywhere in the United because, States. <laughs> yeah, because he's quite um, qu- quite closely. Um, affiliated with Vladimir Putin. Um, 
but at this point he's been dropped from several concerts um including carnegie hall they buckled even after um the um executive and artistic director over there clive gillinson um had said in the past that he that uh should not be um i'll be butchering his name mr g uh should not be (laughs) should not be uh uh, punished for his political views that's what he was that's the tune he was singing on um on friday but say, shortly I'm, after yep but shortly after um uh they said they came to the conclusion that it was untenable um for both um i was per- forget the last pronunciation i did gergiv Ger- I, I think it's gergiv okay gergiv this is gonna be like that tet and teton whatever <laughs> Okay, uh, Gergiev and Matt Stuiv, Matt Stuiv, yep, um, to perform uh, because of their ties. Because Matt um, Stuiv had also had also expressed uh, support for Vladimir Putin in the past. Um, after that, it's kind of crazy because I think we're actually like, if you didn't know, and if you don't recognize his name, you might recognize his face. But Gergiev is a, a very prominent conductor and has been for many decades now, and it looks as though we are like quite literally in real time seeing the end of his career like in america because huh oh actually this one around i I said in america but actually this one around might be more places no no i was yeah i was getting to that um because he has also been um been uh approached with ultimatums from other um from other ensembles around the world so several and actually more places abroad than here um but also i don't know his calendar looking like i mean he was also canceled from some place in naples florida which surprised me because florida um which i know not everybody over there like that but i mean come on but florida plus classical music like there's a lot of indicators (laughs) of extreme conservatism there so like come on but um they told him no and um also the munich philharmonic where he is the chief conductor um they threatened to sever ties with him unless he denounced uh putin's invasion of ukraine of ukraine not um and also uh, huh he ain't gonna do that and um the fallout also encompassed uh, germany italy and the netherlands um so he is um basically being they're calling him out for his longtime friendship um with putin even though i mean like i said these protests apparently have been going on for a very long time and i mean now at this point i I don't know the whole um you know history behind it but i do know this is not the first heinous thing to happen under uh vladimir putin um but i think now people are at a point where they can't you can't really ignore the fact that it's literally started a war so now y'all um y'all y'all kick him out uh and i will get into the specifics of his relationship um with putin um but it looks like he's on the um on the brink of losing several of his key um positions um in addition to munich also as honorary conductor of the rotterdam philharmonic orchestra okay katie's all stumping ground that's literally the most untrue thing you said Definitely. You you never stumped on those grounds Delaney. in Rotterdam. <laughs> you wasn't over there, Delaney. Get a you grill. wasn't over there, Stand up. You wasn't over there. I'm in Memphis. You was over there. I said it was past tense. 
You've never been over there? In Rotterdam? Stomping grounds, Delaney. <laughs> Did you stomp on those grounds? Get a grip. <laughs> <laughs> um, Munich, the, the mayor of Munich, um, whose name is apparently Dieter Ryder, which period, um, he issued an an ultimatum on Friday telling Gergiev that he must denounce the brutal war of, of aggression that Putin is waging against Ukraine before Monday. Oh, by the time we, this comes out, we're going to oh, snap! by Monday or he'll be fired from the orchestra three years before his contract is set to expire. I said, period. That's about it. Because everybody will, everybody else, they go, they find, well, I guess some places don't have an actual contract with him. They just have like, a, like contracted performances, but like, they gonna scoop him right back up after this after they think people forgot about this and and the yeah. internet never forgets so um the rotterdam philharmonic aka no, i'm just playing um they offered a similar warning threatening to cancel um they're having a gergia festival uh later this year in september um and also la scala in milan said that he would be dropped from upcoming performances of tchaikovsky's queen of spades and other engagements if he did not immediately call for peace um after um so after all that that's happening today which is saturday um carnegie hall like i said um canceled two performances by the marinsky orchestra in may that were that he was set to do as well um so not just the the ones this weekend um of course Gergiev did not respond to requests for comments um I but don't understand this is why he would I don't, that always befuddles me like hey you're the center of this controversy girl Let, can we get a word <laughs> i don't understand in any well, some people, i mean some people they have pr to oh, to do that they probably stuff. just haven't yeah. they just haven't done it yet but um also i think you know i think they have to do that like you know because if they go and print a story about you i think they have to give oh, you the, the opportunity or at least i think it's good good practice like like it's the best um, practice to give you an op you know because they can be like he well i mean i guess none this, this there's no really accusations here all of it is pretty much true but i think if something is about you mm, i'm so used to getting my they news probably on the shade give room. you the hmm? i'm so used to getting my news on the shade room so I don't be on Instagram like that, but like if something went, something goes down, I know where to shake. That's what I kind of use it as. Instagram is so boring to me now, which is crazy. If you go back to listen to anything classically black, anything, maybe episode one hundred and before, I'd put my yeah. life on the line for Instagram. It just yeah. <laughs> not your life on the line. It's just so boring to me. TikTok when TikTok came around and the TikTok and Twitter combination. When you finally got locked in on Twitter. When I finally hit my groove, hit my stride, and then TikTok came around, girl, Instagram, wait, I go on there to post. And if you know classical black, know. I don't even be happy. So. What about, I don't know about TikTok. I tried to force myself into it. I'm still going, I'm trying to push through. TikTok is so I just good. First of all, I be learning. I, I just don't think I like it. I have complete understanding of what's going on in Ukraine, and that's because of TikTok. There's this one follower lady I follow where she like breaks it down with black, and she like so big daddy that. like she's funny, and you just understand it. It's just TikTok is so good. There's so but also a lot of the stuff the, the TikTok has been promoting a lot of misinformation about it. Have they? at least yes, a lot. 
a lot i'm not saying the people you watching but like some of the stuff that like from the like the quote-unquote battlefield a lot of it is fake oh word um, yes a lot of it but maybe i'm so deep th- in my little algorithm i don't see that i follow uh taylor lawrence who she she was she just left the new york times as a tech reporter but she covers a lot of a lot of like social media and influencer culture she's writing a book about that right now and she has done some um like some threads about just misinformation on the internet and how like digital literacy is like very low actually because mm-hmm. like we always talk about you know like our parents getting you know or like older people getting scammed or falling for spam or stuff like that but it's actually really easy to do that for younger people as well mm-hmm. um because of how quickly the internet latches onto stuff but I think there's an article about it. If I find it, I'll send it to you. Yeah. But um, but there also are a lot of people who are actually, you know, saying stuff that's that's true. I follow this black guy who's over there. He's a reporter. Yeah, I just follow on him Twitter. on Twitter. Yeah, it's crazy. TikTok has been fielding me. There's a one reporter that's that's there. Um, okay. So first of all, the, the girl I was talking about, the one who does like recaps with black, she's a law, she's a law student, so I kind of trust her. It's like she kind of and then um there's this one creator they do like under the death i think they're using names like under the desk news and from the beginning of the pandemic um they've been doing like they're under the, the desk like reporting on the news <laughs> and their voice is so calming and just like relaxing it's like yeah girl there's a pandemic outside people are dying by the thousands but you're gonna be okay like that kind of like when when the war really broke like they were the ones um doing that and then tiktok also feels people who are in ukraine right now my heart kind of not kind of my heart broke for this um african student who was there she's like i don't know what i'm doing <laughs> i don't know what to do people in the comments like girl trying to help her like look at this person like go to this thing whatever and she's like okay i'm on the train now because a lot of people are heading to poland um and so like and it's crazy like how times have changed i feel like with in the war like in syria and stuff like that we saw um stuff on twitter and stuff like that but it's like when now with tiktok it's like you are in people's lives like they like old dude that i follow on on tiktok he is at a hotel in in uh kiev and uh which he was so hype in the hotel and i'm like uh girl you're not scared they ha- he had to go all the way downstairs into the parking garage to get breakfast and stuff because you know that's where the hotel staff are they have the lights off so it don't look like people are there it's crazy to be i feel like you should not even be seeing that much information like i feel like you should not even be consuming that kind of trauma stuff back to back because like it really can like mess with you but i mean i'm I'm not there so i can't even be like oh consuming it when i'm not living it. yeah but you know what i mean still still, yeah yeah. it's crazy yeah because it's hard like because i yeah i watched um um a video there were there was a cue a line for getting the weapons and stuff Thank for the you. people who were volunteering. Very good. Pip pip. Trio. Okay. Well, that's what they, because that's what they. Yeah, that's what they called it, the Q. Yeah. I be saying, I be saying um, British words sometimes just to. Spice um, well, I mean, we, we be using Q, but just not for a long Not though. like, the, like, yeah. I watch a lot of British creators to be like, we're queuing up. I'm like, it's so crazy how y'all talk. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> um, um, to get like weapons for the volunteer forces and stuff. I'm just like, that is crazy and, and it was really sad there was this uh lady who this guy basically not basically he gave her 
his kids because they there's a, now a ban on men between the ages of 18 and 60 leaving the country they can't leave they have to um, stay in case they need to fight and so he just and the mom of the kids was in Italy so she was flying mm-hmm. to I think they went to Hungary and to get them but she took the the guy's kids over the border and stuff and it's just a lot of um um, just a lot of terrible stuff going on but of course the show must go on for Gergiev right um how he's feeling right now apparently he hasn't disputed that um but Putin has been really critical to his success um he provided funding to his theater um and gave him a bunch of uh, awards over the years um Gergiev has also emerged as a prominent supporter of Putin he endorsed his re-election um and also appeared in concerts in Russia and abroad to promote his policies what um, mm-hmm. and they have known each other since the early 1990s so they day ones basically and um and when that was when Putin was an official in St. Petersburg and Gergiev was beginning his tenure um at the theater I mean as the leader of the Marinsky now called the Kirov Theater um oh they changed their name when they changed their name hmm? when they changed sorry that's really unimportant i didn't know because no. i know <laughs> the marinsky theater is like one of the best um ballet companies in the, not, not ballet companies but whatever one of the best ballets in the world i mean they do blackface and stuff so we can talk about that another time so i mean it's also Russian speaking of blackface so. um our sis anna netrepko um also released a um and i do mean sister since she loves to you know, be in blackface all the time. Um, but she also released a statement. She said that she um, she wanted, you know, p- she called for peace. And, you know, she said that she loved Russia, but, you know, obviously they ain't wrong in this. But then she ruined it with the last slide who was like, well, f- who, that was like, for the record, I think it's wrong to fa- to force any, um, any, um, artists to reveal their political views and I'm not a political person and of course I was debunked because they pulled up a bunch of <coughs> other pictures of her posing with political leaders over the years and holding flags of separatists whatever the, I don't know the politics over there so I'm not going but whatever you you could literally find it um, and I'll probably if, if I remember I will link it um, in the description um, at least I'll try to find, you know, someone who has posted those pictures, um, along with her statement about it. But yeah, so that's pretty much how what's going on right now is affecting classical music. Um Yeah. I'm really curious how much is really gonna affect Gary Give because it's so crazy. I had no idea and this is why this is why like people love saying like oh let the music speak for itself oh it's just the music da, da, da. this is why this is damaging because whole time Gergiev has, has been questionable we used to like when I was in the conducting studio we used to study him because around that time he was kind of like famous for using the, the toothpick to to conduct and I forgot like I can't remember I can't put to find the words exactly like why he why he did that and why um dr block had us like looking at him but basically i don't know something about gestures and stuff like that so uh i don't think it's gonna affect him that much i'm very curious just because like in the long run because of how classical music acts two years from now three years from now it's gonna be gary's gonna be right back there at, at um carnegie hall he's gonna be right back to all the other places like that's how it works it's a way for you to forget and then he's gonna be back because i feel like 
classical music always values the talent over like the morals. So um, we seen that with a lot of people over over the years. So he gonna be right back there. He gonna be right back. And also he's rich, so I must. Uh, he probably don't even care. He probably he go start his own little orchestra in, in Russia and be good too. Like he don't. He that is a that is a rich man. He got he like major bag alert. Like he got all these appointments, and he does um he be sub he be sub not subbing, <laughs> whatever he be guest everywhere, and he got his own little orchestra. He be doing what's that thing um in Switzerland that the, that music festival the big one you know what I'm talking about Ver, Verbier. Mm-hmm. He has money. It's probably like a millionaire, like several millions. He'll be all right. He'd be just fine. He don't care. He gonna he gonna be like he gonna be eating crumpets or what they eat borscht. They gonna be eating he gonna be eating borscht with Putin in the morning. He don't care. Yeah, I think he if he does not speak out against Putin, I think that he will be fine with a career in Russia. I don't. I think a lot of people bounce back from things they should in classical music. I don't really see him bouncing back from this mm. abroad. Just because, well, one, I think it depends on how the war ends. Yeah. But also, like, civilians are being killed. And this is a much more... And also... I don't know how I want to say this, but... Well, one, well, civilians are being killed. This is a much more visible war Mm -hmm. than any other one has been. And so I think it'll be... Like, people forget stuff all the time. And also, it's a European war. Mm-hmm. And so, the reality is, white civilians are being killed, which, as we know, it's it's going to carry more weight for for a lot of people, unfortunately. Um, so, because I'm surprised that they even so quickly, within the matter of a day or two, talk about denouncing Mario Fire by the end of the weekend. That is a much uh, a stronger measure, measure than I expected from anybody, especially in Europe. To be to be honest, mm-hmm. but I mean, and good for them because a lot of them like like um you didn't you didn't mention France, but the there I forgot what that thing is called in Berlin. That little that little structure they got it looked like a little arc. It looks like the Arc de Triomphe, but it's like bigger. I don't know what it's called. I don't even and, know what that is. So. The Arc de Triomphe in Paris is like that thing that that's like oh a, that thing in the street in the middle with the circle and it go around like that. And you got yeah yeah yeah. yeah. Okay, so yeah, I'm gonna show you a picture, but it, it's like bigger. I don't know what it's called. It's not the it's not the Berlin Wall because it's not. I'm I'm being so American right now. I don't know what it's called. I drove past it when when I was there. I just don't know. But it's like a oh. girl. I don't I don't know what it's called. But anyway, when I remember the name, I will I will look it up. But it though that would be weird to like. They, they a lot of um countries were like lighting up like um blue and yellow you know what i'm saying so how you lighting up blue and yellow you got gary gave down the street and that's that's good for you good for you to um and he's not gonna denounce putin because also you know that's a safety measure like they'll, they'll whisk you away and do something to I you. Mean, yeah it's not in his best interest too but yeah. more people have than i expected and if anybody could get away with it i feel like he could oh people because have? like yeah i mean there are a lot of russians pro- like regular people protesting the war I and saw then that. this tennis player this ten- this uh, russian tennis player did he's not in russia right now but he is somebody on a 
on a large stage doing so. Also, Anna Netrebko, um, even though the second half of her statement was trash, still did. So, yeah, I saw them protesters. There was a whole bunch of people. Did they say like sixteen hundred people got arrested? And it's like it's not like you just gonna get arrested. Like they gonna do something to you. To to the people that got arrested at the at the protests oh. in Moscow. Yeah. An old dude who was on the ground over there, he was like, um, he was like saying like, oh, this is some, like people are protesting that are dying. He's like, I don't want to make it be skewed or whatever. Like this is, this is Moscow. It's a very cosmopolitan city. It's more progressive. Like it's not all of Russia. Like he's like, there are very much people who support him. I'm like, oh girl, this is too much. Yeah. Well. My prayers, people in Ukraine. I can't even, can't even imagine. And, and yeah, stand your ground. And I'm, I'm trying to see. I just really like. I'm really anxious to see how everything is gonna. How everything is gonna. Did you watch? Okay, we can move on. But did you watch that press conference with um, with Biden? I've seen clips of him talking about this, but I haven't seen any full length press conference. <laughs> Who are you referring to? Because I might have seen. I'm trying to remember the days that they said. I feel like it was what? Friday. What what day did Russia invade? Thursday. I, I think Thursday. Yeah, Thursday for okay. sure. So Friday, he did a press conference at like noon in the in the east in the east wing. And the reporters, I'm, I, I talked to a friend who. Um, has has like. A lot of uh, protected information about that because they're in the army, and inside. No, he, I, he obviously he didn't tell me anything. Oh, because it's protected information. <laughs> <laughs> Especially like they were tapping our phone. Like he didn't tell me anything, um, because he was he wouldn't. I also wouldn't pressure him to tell me because. Could you imagine he's come talking about so I got some tea. I got some None. tea. So we had a meeting today. <laughs> no, but um, and I was like very frustrated by it because I like he. He over there grinning, not, not laughing. I don't know if it was a nervous laugh, but like trying to keep it light. And it's like, girl, people are dying. There's a war going on. You're not giving concrete. Um, you're not giving concrete answers. One of the reporters was like, "So if the sanctions don't work, like what's next?" And he was like, "They gonna work." Uh, like, yeah. that's a. It was like, oh, yeah, I saw that. He called Poland, Boland. I'm like, we are doomed. Boland? <laughs> oh, gosh. And I was like, you know, I was trying to be like, oh, maybe like he was saying something else. And definitely called it Boland. I'm like, girl, that's like the oh. second biggest country in Europe. Like, we're doomed. Yes. I'm like, this is so freaking tacky. Like, not Boland. Oh, my God. I was just like, we are freaking doomed. And that girl that I was talking about, she was like, them sanctions ain't nothing. I feel like I could pay them down with an EBT card and my granny's retirement check. And I was like, girl, like, and I understand people are moving gingerly. And I understand, like, that is incredibly nuanced. I'm a classical musician. Like, I don't know nothing about that. But I just feel like people are asking for answers because the whole world is like, so what's going on? Because that little threat. Which I was just about to say, talking about the likes of which you've never seen. Now like, hold on, <laughs> talking about if you retaliate, then you will see consequences that you've never seen. That's what Putin said. I'm like, well, hold on. Like, oh my god, I'm so freaking. I'm, I'm trying not to think about it, but I am so like, nervous. What does that mean, yeah, bro? Like, like, what are you talking about? Like, what? Nah, because it's nah. It's 
Girl. And it's sad because it's like it's uh yeah. I, no. You can't even think right. You can't even think straight. And that's like and then I was thinking I was working on my I was working on some exercise today. I'm like, what's the point of working on these excerpts when the whole plant the whole country about to be decimated? Like, what does that even mean? He gonna like, sink nah. this joint. That's what he gonna do. Because what else does that mean? We got we got we got shooters, we got we got tanks. We got all that. So what else what are you saying? We know what you're saying. We got all the stuff you got. Except like it's literally gonna be another world war if that happens. I don't really know. Like I, I know some of Russia's allies so I looked them up. But I don't know if they would fight a war with them. I feel like oh, they I feel China, like they're pretty China, right? clearly China is one. And I think we all know we're not really on good terms with them after what was uh India is one. India for whatever reason a lot of um oh venezuela is in full support oh, of well, of, of this war i was like yeah that's enough that's a amazing. lot of a lot more south american countries than i would have guessed but i guess like people would only be allied with who next to them but still it just seemed like russia venezuela like y'all Wait, y'all, y'all besties for what um that's why how you gonna help allies in what spirited and truth you gonna pray for them <laughs> I'm just saying, like, what are we doing here? You know what I'm saying? Okay. Like, I feel like yeah. okay. I feel like we're all. I I feel like we're all. I understand that, like, maybe you have. I'm gonna look into it more. Like, you have an allegiance to a country because, like, they can. They're helping you or something like that. But it's just also like they don't. They don't play. There's no rules with Russia. They gonna do what they gonna do. Why do you want to be in allyship with someone like that? because they was talking about how this war is going to be so much different not just because of the social media but also because they can use cyber warfare i was like cyber warfare what are we t- like Girl, yeah it's getting terrifying see there it go okay <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah like i said that's six point what is this 686.1 billion dollar military budget we got that better come in real handy since y'all love that so much so i don't want to see nobody touched over this right because and, and somebody was like see y'all need to get some real shooters from the hood i'm like no we don't need no black people dying behind behind this country yeah and whatever whatever whichever way you know whatever we choose to do we certainly don't need that um oh. it's very admirable to see the prize that a lot of ukrainians have mm-hmm. where they were like like they were like well, i'm defending my home and da, da, da. and i'm like see that is something i would never understand if the united states needs me i'm just telling you right now i will not be there that's why i am in like, <laughs> First of all, I'm not even uh, capable to to do it. So I'm I have a clear. It's y'all people who gotta worry. If you know me in real life, you know what Girl, I mean. Girl, they be, they gonna have you doing something. They gonna have you doing something. Then you know they got stationary guns. <laughs> like sit right here. If you know me in real life. You know I'll be staying right here in Memphis. I am exempt. Okay, you know the type of people they was clearing for uh the last one. First of all, who they will have you doing something. <laughs> They were, they were like, oh, she got a, a YouTube channel. Well, let's put her in the kitchen. She in the mess hall. They gonna have you on something or driving a tank. You could drive right. <laughs> you better be on the tank. First of all, okay. So I understand it's not fun. This is not a, a laughing matter at all. But one thing I like about first of all, young millennials, Gen Zs, and Black people is that we gonna make light of it in some way just to ease attention. So and it, it, TikTok. First of all, the amount of soldiers I've seen that are doing TikTok challenges, like on the battlefield i mean there ain't no soldiers over there you know what i mean but it's just been it's been so funny and then also like this black girl made a video on tiktok and she was like 
So I know the last time around y'all was like this. You know what I'm talking about? Like the this this motion. Oh, you can't see me. Um, they was like they were like this. Uh, what's that? The oh, Rose of the River. Yeah, she's like that's not us. Go find something else. And I was like, period. Like we're not going nowhere. Like I don't know. That she could do it. Yeah. And she's like, don't. The, but a lot of people been saying like, don't do, don't ask Gen Z because we don't say nothing serious. Like, girl. Yeah. It's to be clear, like I'm laughing about a hypothetical situation, not like the actual what's going on over there. I'm talking about like if the the oh, yeah, U. Yeah, yeah. I'm saying like in in any situation moving forward, not just this one. If the U.S. needs me to suit to get suited and booted, just know that the desertion charges are pending because I'm not going. Listen, you gonna have to give me what's it called a wall. You gonna have to give me that a wall. Wall, this wall that wall all the walls <laughs> our wall like it's gonna have to be <laughs> okay <laughs> <Our wall. laughs> even though uh you shane told me that's a federal i didn't know that was a federal well we go we about to be up it, well, prison about to be going up because <laughs> i'm gonna see if i can prison about to be going up i'm starting no. <laughs> wait i'm sorry did you see that tweet uh, that there was like people was like so there's a girl was like man y'all saying you rather go to jail <laughs> y'all rather go to <laughs> she, this girl she was like y'all saying y'all rather go to jail than serving the army is crazy to me and somebody <laughs> quoted it and was like back shots with the greater than so I said <laughs> getting shot in front of the foreign bitches <laughs> Ukraine has been in they're in a situation where they have immense pride in their country and that has fought for its independence and like have something to be proud of yeah, I don't have that so like like this country has never done right by black people so y'all can't to me them even coming and asking for my service is laughable and the gall listen y'all have all the people that were scaling walls and junk on January 6th you have a whole you have plenty of people to ask and, and they're docile and and have agility because they were scaling the walls to the second of stairs so ask them all right girl i'm gonna try to get deported i'm gonna go to the office and be like yeah and then but ma'am you were born here i'm like right but okay Katie. you know right, i'm be like i'm with her mon <laughs> 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 yeah <laughs> Me sis. Yeah, see, look, she she even style Jamaican sis. Deport us. <laughs> Deport us. Like I might be worried about that. I mean, so people have said people have said um that it's not gonna escalate to that, but they also said that, that the pandemic was something to worry about. So we can only wait and see. I'm not worried about being <laughs> this uh what's their name? Chris on Twitter was cracking me up. They were like, "Oh, you're not sending me to the no battlefield," and they said something else. But um, I'm not gonna say that part. And I was like, "Chris, please." And they were like, "I have a heart murmur, like I ain't going." But now I'm gonna go respond to them and be like, "Uh, uh-uh. uh, you gotta go do something. They they gonna need something. Can you wash the uniforms? Can you like?" And they sent my brother, who is 16, by the way, uh, a envelope for the Marines or the Armed Forces or something like that. And I'm like, they must be desperate. Because what the heck? Okay, I might go. Didn't you get one? I got one. 
Now, I don't remember ever getting one. If it, if I did, I either don't remember or I never laid eyes on it. So, thank God either way. I feel like in high school and, like, my senior year, I got, what's it called? The reserves? Mm. Like, I, I definitely You're not that. even a senior yet. Oh, so that's like, different dang, then. That, he, I was like, dang, they must be desperate. Mm-hmm. That'd be all right, though. Well. Y'all have y'all have plenty of all the all the patriots and stuff like that. I want to be lynching black people, right? Fighting for their freedom fighting to their spread freedom. disease. All, listen, you can go right on. All you gotta do is go outside of Memphis city limits. Probably stay inside of Memphis to be honest. But go out of Memphis city limits. There are rows and rows of people with Confederate flags. Go knock on their door and get your patriots to go over there. That's what you got, Periana. girl. I don't got like I said I literally don't have to worry so I'm cool and if if my primary reason wasn't enough I can't see so uh, guess what I, I'm pretty sure you get vision insurance <laughs> <laughs> like I really I'm supposed to be wearing glasses when I drive at night and I don't do that like I'm really I'm okay. really toying a lot I can't see tell me, okay tell me your prescription I'm gonna get you some glasses because now you finna you finna catch a case <laughs> like I can't see when I I can I have to bring glasses to rehearsal if I have to share a stand. Okay, so they ain't gonna have me pointing and shooting at nothing. Okay, very good. All right, moving on. <coughs> you have more news? Mm-hmm. No. Okay. Does Does Geargive have a um? Does Geargive have like online presence? I have no idea. Um, I also just want to say I learned over the course of the weekend that Putin is five six, and that explained a lot. I would just say that. And he looked like Humpty Dumpty in the face. Okay, he do like it's like flat and round by the face. Okay, time for the intermission. So last weekend, last weekend, time means nothing. Last weekend, this rapper named Um Amaretta, I got on, I got on. Twitter and the first tweet I saw like last Saturday was like Crystal talking about Latonia is not Atlanta and she was spelling like A-L-A-N-N-A and I was like what did I miss but I'm like I'm sure it's Twitter it's the algorithm is gonna bring it to me and then sure enough a lot of people brought it to me <laughs> so this is a rapper named um Amaretta the Great and she has a song called Sorry Not Sorry um and I'm gonna play like the middle part of it because this is so catchy I'm not from Atlanta but like I had a good time listening to it. Um, and then we're going to talk about it a little bit. A little bit. A little bit. I think right here. Right here? I should have looked this up before. This is ghetto. Okay. To the birds when he got up on them late nights. Look, we really ran through these streets. We ain't never get a break. So we speaking on that level. I don't play right. But I'm going to get right to the subject. Ain't going to beat around the bush. Chance it is. You say you from the A, right? Where's I know you from? Where hood did you live? Where hospital bed were you born? Look, I know it sounds crazy, but I'm an A, baby. I got to start pulling for card. We had to live in this zoo where you don't make it out. So I don't give a fuck what they say. Look, if you niggas ain't grow up in APS system, you bitches. It's not from the A. And you from Gwinnett, nigga, real that Pepper try to step back. Talking about you from the outskirts. Could have killed that. Right where you from and don't right where you home, no air. If I was around the world, how they felt that Earned out my scratch and I got my respect The whole city know I'm a beast Look, if you not from this side and you don't know the facts You're chilling, repeat after me Call that part, it's not Atlanta Lock on you, it's not Atlanta Clay Coat, it's not Atlanta Decatur, it's not Atlanta Gwinnett, it's not Atlanta Roswell, it's not Atlanta Forward Park, it's not Atlanta Lynn it's not Atlanta Look, the North, it's not Atlanta The South, it's not Atlanta 
You niggas is not Atlanta. No, you bitches is not Atlanta. Okay, so basically, what she's saying is, so she's actually from Atlanta, like in Atlanta, like in the city limits of Atlanta. And the, the places that she was naming are like suburbs, basically. Like I recognize some of them, like Decatur, um, my friend when he went you shane when he was um doing a, one of his law internships he lived in snellville um i've heard of lithonia i thought it was lithonia but okay <clears throat> um and for me it had me a little like you know i felt a little little tickle in my throat because you know um i'm from evanston which sits on the border of chicago like on the i'm talking about like the the north like the first the first neighborhood of chicago you hit uh going south is rogers park rogers park sits right on the border of chicago so i feel i always felt like when i tell people like i tell people i'm from chicago for two reasons one is for ease two is because like i'm basically from chicago i mean am i from everson yes but like i'm basically i mean if i lived in like skokie Desplaines, you know Desplaines is like um <clears throat> 30 minutes to the west in Illinois, freaking Glenview, people. Okay, if I lived in Zion, right? Zion, Chicago's already pretty north in Illinois. Zion is so north that you have about, um, you have about let's say, ten to fifteen minutes before you're in Wisconsin. That's where Zion is. If I was from Zion and I said I was from Chicago, okay, Katie, nah, you're not from Chicago. But I'd say I'm from Chicago because it's like it's touch. What are what are borders? What happened to okay. this a greater humanity? You know what I'm saying? So it's like, but I wanted to ask you real quick before I get to what I asked you to actually for this. Like, how much do you come into contact with this subject being from L.A.? Yeah, there are a lot of different places that people will say they're from L.A. Like Inland Empire, which is like, that's a collection of cities. I have cousins out there, but it's not L.A. Um, um, but people, I know people say it for because if you say oh i'm from upland it's like mm-hmm. girl where is that it's like 45 minutes outside of la like you're like people who will be from like orange county it's like oh that's not la you're not from la <laughs> laguna beach is that la laguna beach not really okay well so i think we did something similar to like this before but i was gonna try to do like a, a base specific one but i was like i couldn't my mind could not make the connection at time. So we're going to do this instead. Um, <clears throat> three things that um, people say are DEI and classical music that are not. Um, okay. Well, my list. I, I'm sure I'm curious to see if we have any of the same ones. Cause I feel like, you know. They'd be like Easter eggs, low key. Um, but my first one is doing DEI training for employees that need to just be fired um slash waiting until people like there's like a bad bad slip up when like Mm -hmm. people are clearly not committed to it um because I mean like DEI training is really only going to work if people actually want to do it Mm -hmm. otherwise they're either just putting in the hours and thinking about what they're gonna have for dinner or clicking through if it's an online thing but yeah yeah I agree um by my one of mine is uh only fellows doing community outreach i feel i had a fe- i had a feeling that was gonna be on there <laughs> yeah because like, you know, i, I feel like say about fellows. <laughs> um yeah because i feel like you know 
a lot i feel like a lot of this stuff you're gonna be able to find a classically black episode for it mm-hmm. um okay another one you can definitely find a classically black episode for this one is teaching brown kids for three hours a week um I just I really don't like that whole anybody could teach mentality because it's like yeah. this it is so not true and then like anybody could teach black kids too like or inner city um or else system or like all of that that's a whole other muscle on top of teaching mm-hmm. um but yeah um we talked definitely talk about this one um black people not in positions of power completely agree like that one and i feel like we're seeing a little bit of change in that but um not much oh yeah like hiring black people but you only hiring them for like what you making copies look what you um mine is my last one is bringing in a guest speaker about black music instead of seeking out like people who actually work seeking out those people and including them in curriculum building so i feel like a lot of um like school universities in particular do this where they'll be like they'll bring in a guest lecturer but everybody on their faculty who is teaching music all has research interests that are very um european and even those that don't like i know i think i mentioned before i had a professor at eastman who will not Eastman I had a professor while I was in college who had a dual appointment at University of Rochester in Eastman but as long as that dual appointment has lasted and I've checked back in in the two years that I have not been there has yet to teach a class at Eastman um but they have his his face on their website under the music history musicology ethnomusicology I'm like but he does not teach you all don't give him anything on the schedule right he's not teaching here so y'all you have people over here looking like oh let me see what the, who they got teaching music history and y'all have a black person but on the class schedule his name is nowhere to be found they have to check over to the university of rochester campus if they wouldn't take a class from him yikes so they ain't taking that girl he's been to say they're doing a good job so why, why can't you there's a bus Um, my last one is programs for black people um, that don't actually help black people so fellowships can help can do this um, the the little like teaching programs where kids go and learn their instrument but, but put on the wrong shoulder anything anything like that like where the mission is lost or non-existent yeah or like the ones that they'd be helping people that's what that was going to get there anyway or in some places in some cases rather have gotten there anyway i'll never forget when i found out a certain person got one of the highly 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 coveted fellowships probably the hardest one to get and mm, one of the top two hardest ones to get um not the one huh what's the other one i know when you're talking about I know, cause I feel we talked about this before. That that person. Yeah. Well, I I was guessing the other one that they only pick one person and it's all instruments. Oh, that one. That one is probably. I feel like that one's probably very hard to get. And then there's the other one. It's so hard. I don't even um, think it's so hard, disheartening to. It's hard to apply to fellowships without being jaded when there's only they're gonna pick one instrument. Girl. Um. I went on Monday. I'm like. But this person had literally won a job in one of the top twenty-five orchestras in the country and then 
went back and did a fellowship. I'm like, why are y'all accepting people to fellowships that literally were in a major orchestra? Yeah, and that's annoying because I know why the, <laughs> the pay is better. Because, that's ridiculous. Um, because the pay is not the pay is not enough in in that regular job. So it was like, and the one that you're talking about pays very well. So it's like, I would be curious because the position that this person had at this particular orchestra. I have an idea of how much it makes and I think but the orchestra the the fellows of that particular orchestra have been allowed to stay there for much longer than it was originally planned mm. and also I feel like that person probably thought that was their end like they could get pre-advance or something like oh. that into that orchestra as well and I just feel like that is incredibly unfair it is to have somebody that has won multiple that person has won multiple jobs and to for one of them to be top 25 orchestras and they're allowed to do a fellowship yeah come on that's why like i'm trying not to be like jaded by this process because i knew it'll be hard and whatever but like one thing i do like um so a lot of these fellowships they have like a little they want you to do either a video or a or like an essay of some sort, right? They want to know like what you're gonna bring to the organization, blah, blah, blah. and um, I I will never do more than one take. I will never I will I'm not proofreading the essay more than once because it does not matter. It does not matter. You're going to pick. You want the best player, and that's fair, right? It's a fellowship, but don't. I hate when they ask like these questions, and I know someone told me like, well, they want to feel through to make sure that or not. I'm like, if you can play down, it does not. I, it does not matter. Like, so it's like you just take away opportunities from people who like actually fulfill the mission. And I'm not saying that I actually fulfill the mission, but anyone, anyone like me, it's like I'm not spending time on this essay. I do one take. I I, I submitted one a couple of days ago where I was stuttering all through it, and I'm like. I wasn't starting off though. I'm being dramatic, but I, I I had to pause a little bit, and I'm like, I'm not doing it over because it doesn't matter. Okay, you are gonna listen to that little stomach, you are gonna be like, mm, or okay, and that's about it. Like, girl, these fellowships, some of them are just like fraudulent as heck, because the point of the fellowship is to help people to be a, in, in my understanding, is to be to bridge a gap between for people who might not be ready to take a, a professional audition, like, and I have um. Uh, a friend who used fellowships for that very reason like they said like oh you know like i'm not i'm not ready to to take a job yet so i'm gonna do new world and then did the la field fellowship and then got a job right like use it properly not like oh girl like let me just go collect the check yeah and also like high key i feel like the nature of fellowships i feel like they're not really conducive for collecting the check you got to do too much other stuff and i mean the pandemic kind of i don't do as much as i'm supposed to be doing because a pandemic but it comes with it comes with ruckus you know whereas you might as well just take a job audition uh, audition for a job <laughs> then jump fellowship jump because you can't just play in a fellowship you got to do a lot of other things but that's that's your business girl cool moving on mm-hmm Okay, so a couple of days ago, I was I was logged on to Facebook. I'm, I would never delete Facebook. I would never delete. It. I know people hate it, but I would literally never delete because I, you know what, I went on Facebook a couple of days, a couple of weeks ago, and um, someone I know they uh they were like they met a status and they were like um back in the dating on a dating scene like do the dating pool still got pee in it? And I was like, this is why I would <laughs> never delete it. It is so messy and funny. 
um anyway i was on facebook and i saw the girls tussling um about an article um that says how is this classical music composer composers fury at grammy shortlist so i was like oh this sound like mess so um basically it talks about um two artists on john baptiste and curtis stewart who have been nominated um for grammys for either their a single track like in the case of uh John Baptiste or an album and the girls were like oh this is not classical music the girls being like people in classical music <laughs> they were like this is not classical music we're confused as to how it's classical music so um we're gonna talk about that today and it's like our thoughts on that um I have I have many um because <laughs> <laughs> and we'll link the article but um they made it seem like Girl. they made it seem like Meg the Stallion got nominated like for for the way they were talking about it like oh there was one sentence that was just like i felt that in my in my evil boat it was ridiculous I'm, I'm gonna try to find it but basically they were talking about um how it's like miscategorization and it's like basically like muddying the waters of like what is um about like what is classical music and um even i thought that was that was a fair point like i have to judge um other genres of music and I, even though i'm not in those genres and i feel like we should not do that anymore because now people are judging classical music and it's not being i agree i feel like that that holds um some power the part there's a lot of parts that irritated me about this well, oh, go ahead. but she didn't feel that but he he didn't have no problem casting that vote in before the before this so <laughs> yeah so i mean you made a good point but it's like you you brought it up when it was like too late right like you may like maybe you shouldn't be critiquing cardi b's music if that's not your area of expertise but like you ain't say that until now you know that's a um but yeah we, we could we could talk through we both are online actually <laughs> well um, well first um uh, i want to say shout out to curtis stewart who went to eastman i found out so period you know what speaking of if we pull up for a second i didn't like that because when they were you didn't like what i didn't, I didn't like that that, that mention <clears throat> because oh. okay so the, the 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 two things i'm talking about curtis stewart his album of power and then jean baptiste his his piece movement 11 right i didn't like so when they were talking about it i didn't like that jumped out to me immediately when they were like jean baptiste went to like the world renowned juilliard school of music and curtis stewart went to eastman and i was like I understand like obviously you should like mention their credentials but the way it it landed for me is like it is kind of like that it was used to strengthen the argument that it is classical music and i'm like it doesn't matter where they went to school like it doesn't make them any less of a classical musician because like they went to i mean they went to illinois state university i understand like they're just saying like what it is but it just didn't land properly for me like i just felt it was like name dropping like how classical music was to do to like further validate the fact that they're classical musicians i didn't really like that did John Batiste even go to Juilliard for classical music, though? I don't know. It didn't say, did it? I don't. Th- it probably didn't. I don't think so. Because I feel like I feel like that was a question I had. Um, I mean, well, part of their part of them, like one of them, said that John Batiste is a pop musician, which whatever. I think that part of this is that they don't see me 
these artists as people who are like in the classical music space and so i mean they listed far more um than eastman for um for curtis stewart they listed you know carnegie hall and all these other like mm-hmm. oh lincoln center and um his chamber music residencies at moma and stuff like that but um yeah i can't say that 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 jumped out to me the same way but i'm gonna go over well basically these people so some of the people that we um are gonna pull quotes from in the article um they went so far as to write letters to the recording academy um complaining about this so they spoke out um to claim that their concerns have nothing to do with the quality of the music but to me reading the article some of the stuff that they said was very telling yeah it was very telling so um one composer mark Nykrug, i think um he's a former grammy nominee he said like i said before he said that batiste is a pop musician and that nominating his recording for a classical music award is baffling he said quote uh, how much sense do you think it makes with serious novelists when Bob Dylan gets a Nobel Prize for literature? Uh, it's not that Bob Dylan, it's not that what Bob Dylan does isn't magnificent in what it is, but it's not Nobel literature. That I feel like is apples and oranges. <laughs> it's also stupid. <laughs> like, it's also very dumb. Yeah. And also, like, why? It's, why is that the that also that analogy doesn't make sense? It would have made it have made more sense for you to like just pick some girl on Twitter that be writing t- threads and be like, like Look a, this person, yeah, wanted. like girl, Be- move around because music, like songwriting, like that's literally <laughs> supposed to be in the form of music. Like it's not like you're picking other pros. Like, like that's just not not the comparison you thought it was. Um. There was a professor from the Berkeley College of Music, um, Apostolis Paraskevas. Sorry about that. Um, but he said that, he said, quote, I'm not going to say that classical music is better than jazz. I love both genres. Uh, both of those musicians deserve the recognition for their work, but we're but we cannot compare apples and oranges. If you look at the nominees for the best contemporary classical composition, you see amazing musicians uh, who write operas and symphonies. Batista's piece is two minutes long, someone playing sequences in the jazz style. If this person gets an award, this is a big slap on our face. It's a message to everyone that we should just give up and just do this. And I was like, that just is telling a is telling a lot because you're talking about oh well you know um they're great musicians but if we want to win a grammy oh we should just write this he wrote a a piece that was worthy of a grammy nomination and to say oh because it's two minutes long like there's a lot first of all there's a lot of little pieces in classical music that's two minutes long like what are we like (laughs) just because it's two minutes long he don't deserve a grammy for it and you're talking about just as is that something that's easy to do you could write two minutes of trash i've heard it before right i'm like like, okay so write your little piece for the next time since it's so easy since it's so just since since it's so just yeah if you want a grammy then just then just y'all are losers (laughs) (laughs) it just gives hater energy like I feel like y'all want I don't understand what y'all want like people y'all like people are gonna keep writing and keep experience keep experimenting and keep pushing the boundaries of whatever classical music is so the so the the doll like wrote an 
a piece and y'all are tight for what and y'all the same people that will say that steve rice like is is a classical composer so what he a hip-hop artist now too because and, and he's the same one who wrote for he really wrote nothing and called it a piece well john cage oh yeah the john cage. girl yeah whatever like he wrote he wrote he wrote nothing and called it a piece yeah. So it's like, what are you? And y'all be spending money on that. I've seen someone pay real USD for a score of four thirty three. So it's like four. I remember four thirty three. Clearly not enough because I said uh, Steve Rice wrote it. But I remember. Um, well, uh, I mean, if he's ever been silent before, he has written it. So okay. But uh, I remember learning about that piece in undergrad. I'm doing the whole day on it. I ain't hear about Florence Price, so I got to Eastman. So, um, I don't know. I just think this whole thing is like, do y'all hear yourselves? I feel like y'all don't really hear yourselves. Y'all get really weird when it comes to like classical music and people who try to participate that don't look like you. Because I feel like it really made me think about what if a white person wrote this? Would you feel the same way? Because I've heard lots of pieces. I, you know, we should play it because I was I was genuinely confused when I heard moving. Yeah. Out I was confused about it too and I will say that if a white person had written it then no they would not feel the same way because I found out shortly before we started recording that Chick Corea was nominated for a classical uh, category I think it was like best classical compendium which I have no idea what that means but um he was nominated for an album that is mostly jazz and Chick Corea is very widely known as a jazz musician and they didn't have nothing to say about it because it's Chick Corea so I don't know why that wasn't on the list. Yeah, but, of, but to be on the chopping block. I, I don't. Know, it gets racially motivated. Like it really, to me, it does. Especially, especially like when I when I listened to this one, I was like, I feel like I've heard stuff like this before. <laughs> like, and not that it's saying it's unoriginal, but just saying like it sounds like classical. It sounds like contemporary classical music, which is the. Yeah. Go figure the category. That, the category that he's, <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, here it is. classical music to me like i don't because the way there's there was wording it like it was just out of left field you would have thought that they had nominated Nicki minaj's pills and potions for best (laughs) searching sky especially like the next one the next one the next one maybe but even so it's like it's nominated for a solo album and he's playing violin on it like I, i thought i was gonna hear a future a future feature you know what i'm saying like that's what i thought like the way they were going in on the in the article i was like oh shoot like um did future make an appearance um just okay this one okay so this is um okay it's literally called improvisation on improvisation <laughs> <laughs> not you making improvisation on the word you see me i'm an artist um improvisation on paganini caprice number 11 
Um, this is Curtis Stewart. like he could play his instrument um maybe this is the one where they were like here there's an example of why there might have been some commotion But I mean, the vast majority of the album literally like featured basically like I think they called them like recompositions mm-hmm. of traditional composers. There was Beethoven. There was I think two Paganini. There was Isai. I don't ever know how to say his name, but I think that's how you say it. There was a lot of uh, oh, there was Coleridge Taylor Perkinson's mm-hmm. on there. The like there was um, a lot of. Of classical music there was some you know like yeah there was some electronics there was a little vocal, but like that that stuff also exists in contemporary classical music right. it because like you ever heard i've played on this show before um that piece failing where you're it's a, a piece for solo bass and you're talking the whole time like just because he's saying stuff don't mean it's not classical and also if don't ask nobody classical about if if you gotta plug it into a wall, now they they really mad. They really mad right. about it. Like people be using electronics all the time. Get over it. Like <laughs> like it's not called acoustic category. Like it's contemporary classical. Get with it, y'all. Uncontemporary. Sorry about it. Go to ancient classical. And also, one of these people that you said, um, Apostolos, he teaches at Berkeley. Don't y'all be doing that over there? That's why I was like, I meant to look him up, see what he's teaching. Girl, I want to see too. Because maybe, maybe, because didn't they merge with Boko? Maybe from over there. Oh, they did? Yeah, I think a, a couple years ago. Mm. Because we, we, yeah, what you teaching? I literally have girls getting degrees in pop music. So, what? Like, that, that's very weird to, to have it. How do y'all be finding people for these quotes? Y'all just be salivating at the mouth to say something? Or like, because there ain't no way you went to this person to get an opinion. Because I, uh, yeah, they probably reached out. Maybe maybe they reached out to the people that they saw wrote the letters or something like that. I want to have as much I read, time as y'all. <laughs> I read um, my free time. <laughs> the journalists on the clocks for work. No. Not, oh, you like, mean the people that wrote the letters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. I thought you meant uh, for them reaching out to talk to people because they're ridiculous. No, I meant the people writing the recipe. Valid. He's a Grammy-nominated composer uh, and guitarist. Girl, so we could talk about that. It's giving projection. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? Dang, I forgot. Oh, well. I was going to say something else, but... <laughs> <laughs> 
anyway um i will say that uh, curtis stewart did respond um, to the whole situation he said that he doesn't need to justify his music's inclusion in the classical music category which is true um, but he hopes that it can connect a divide um that has hurt and ostracized classical music uh, from a world of listeners for decades um and that uh his work attempts to draw question question marks to categories and that he thinks of himself as a classical musician um which i mean yeah i think I kind of looked into how the genres are chosen at the Grammys, like mm-hmm. um, how things are slotted into whatever genre. And the person that they talked to um, for the interview, who is the vice president, the senior vice president of awards at the Recording Academy, um, said that he acknowledged that there is sort of a um, we're kind of entering an era where people are questioning or trying to get away from genre labels, um, which is not entirely a bad thing, especially if your if your music does um, encompass multiple genres or span mo- mo- multiple genres. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he said that ultimately, um, when people submit things for Grammy consideration, they can pick two categories that they feel that they're uh, music oh. um fits in um but then there's a process that apparently i think like per like one thing you can only be in one category but you can be in multiple categories for different things mm. um i think they said beyonce holds the record um for like the most in one year like the most diff- like the most genres in one year um, probably, I'm sure it was the year she came out. Yeah, it was 2017, so the year after Lemonade came out. How much? Is, how many does she have? Does she have? Um, four genres as well as video in general fields. She was in rap, R&B, pop, and rock. Um, and what was I about to say? Yeah. So, um, oh yeah, and then if there is a dispute or like they don't think that it falls into one or the other then there are like committees for each genre that will listen to it and they will either confirm it into that genre or they will say we think this belongs in this one and then that committee will listen to it and if they agree then they'll keep it if they don't then they'll come together and like really kind of just like hash it out Mm. um but i remember what i was going to say i came across another article about this called how being inclusive can be insulting and all I had to do was read that headline, and I knew who wrote it. Oh, oh, Cooney Wooney from uh New York Times, John McWhorter. He get on my nerves. He's so annoying, bro. Um, he always writing something about. He's a linguist, which is why I signed up for his newsletter. And I was like, oh, black linguist. Period. I couldn't take it no more. Like I tried to oh, stick it out hell. because. Yeah, I tried to stick it out because like I don't only have to listen to people I agree with. So yeah. I was like, okay, well let me see what he's talking about. You know, he's at Columbia. Too. He obviously not stupid. Like, let me just see what he's talking about. But after a while, like maybe if his newsletter was like once a month or like twice a month, but it was like multiple times a week, Coonery in my inbox, yeah. and I couldn't deal with it. Girl, I lasted about so, a week or two before I had to. Like, I lasted longer than I thought I would. <laughs> but to be fair, I wasn't reading all of them. Yeah, they were just first of all. <laughs> okay, half the reason was a like, I'm like, girl, you again? You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> that's what it, that's what half of it was. But yeah, they, he was wild. He was doing too much, and and it was mostly it's the same sentiment of him saying, you know, that it doesn't belong, um, in these categories. He had a bit of a different approach by saying that it was insulting to 
like John Batiste and Curtis Stewart by saying that they need to be in these categories and I'm like they didn't if you had a, s- a simple google search like I did in preparation for this podcast you would know that they would have listed themselves in those categories like mm-hmm. <laughs> um but his, the last line of his uh of his article was if classical music is mostly so white frankly so what so that's what he's on wait wait run that back <laughs> he said if classical music is mostly so white then frankly so what what do you mean by that he said it don't matter that like if cla- like because you know like what did they do oscar so white such and such so white like he's saying if classical music is they're saying he was saying like if classical music is is so white because he put the hashtag i just didn't say it out loud mm. but he put if classical music is hashtag so white then so what like what's wrong with that that's what i'm that's what i'm saying like what does he mean by that oh yeah not like <laughs> i love whiteness that's like <laughs> translation he's embarrassing somebody needs to go find him and you know what you know a master class they got that master class about like black like just like black history mm-hmm. and stuff like that and he on there when i saw his face i was like one of these things is not like the other because it was uh, angela <laughs> that's exactly what i said because it's angela davis jelani cobb sherilyn eiffel uh uh cornell west nicole hannah jones and him i'm like one of these things you watch it it's not like the other um it's they're all combined into one so like the different lessons are like they're all in one so you can't isolate and i have i looked at one of the ones that he did and he kept some of his views at bay um but i was just like i mean i mean he's black i get like i don't know that's so weird was a budget low it's master class like why why can't they find somebody else they really could have just left him like i'm like i don't know um I, but he has one lesson on there that i'm like i don't like when i'm doing a complete thing and to skip something but the title is why i'm against reparations and he's been very vocal about why he's against reparations and um i just i just don't think i'm gonna be able to watch that because like people whatever will say we'll need reparations but then we'll also acknowledge the fact that the effects of the things we deserve reparations for do affect people today and also even if they didn't this is all part of the strategy the strategy okay you hear me <laughs> the strategy to wait people out because there are definitely people alive who for sure there's no question that they deserve mm-hmm. reparations so even if you don't think okay anybody under the age of 60 or whatever anybody born after whatever year you want to put on it there are plenty of people mm-hmm. plenty of black elders that definitely needs to be cut a check mm-hmm. so yeah he also yeah he also wrote about this it's a subscriber only newsletter so but i put screenshots on twitter because i didn't want him to get no views out of me so um i just like that's also annoying to me because you know like just like there are black people in classical music so what do you mean so what there's so many things about i'm still like on that phrase that he said because it's just like what are you saying yeah he yeah he don't even acknowledge that like he actually yeah he actually says something about um there's a there's a a sentence um um that says suppose there just aren't that many black artists creating actual classical music if this is in fact so i'm not sure it's a problem 
And I'm like, first of all, it's not so. All right, let's move on. <laughs> just yeah, he's really, really bad. And, and he writes about classical music kind of frequently because I think, you know, he's just, you know, he's he's into it. He can't be into it because um, he don't know that there's black people writing classical well, music. Yeah, well, he's into a very specific oh, what he determines to be classical music mm-hmm. because not this, apparently, you know. Um, that black stuff. Yucky. Black. Right. Because he did another um another one about basically he has an article called Why Cult How Cultural Appropriation Can Be Beautiful. <laughs> and yes, Katie. It's bad out here. It's bad out here. And um I don't I can't forget if, if that one is the same article or if it's a, I'm pretty sure it's a different article about um this white guy who wrote this opera like uh, about black people and i'm and like basically how we should get over it and etc etc so and i'm sure his favorite opera is porky and Biss. so i was gonna say something but i forgot where i was i forgot we are not on the phone (laughs) no it's gonna get me canceled so let's move (laughs) but i say to you all the time so Okay. We we are on the same page. We we are on the same page about this one. Yeah, we're here because yeah. So he's god awful, and um, all I had to do was see the the title, and I was like, oh, here he go again. And I was right. You get paid for so. that, girl. Probably big bucks. I'm so annoyed. They letting everybody over there. NYT, I got something to say. They ain't gonna hire us, girl. <laughs> In the in the graphic for the article was classical music. Uh, sheet music with holes punched in it. I was like, okay, how y'all are so dramatic, oh. <laughs> so dramatic. <laughs> oh my god, the drama, the drama. Um, but anyway, I think we kind of touched on like we speaking. both listened to, we both listened to the piece slash the album. Um, yeah, I thought. Especially the the John Batiste, like wow, I was girl, I could literally see myself going to a concert and hearing that like on the program, yeah, like, and being lit. I was like, okay, and also like yeah, there was some stuff that was like a little yeah, like genre bending like on on Curtis Stewart's, but like a lot of it was in line with the techniques that people use in contemporary classical music, mm-hmm. um, which is why it is a separate category for a reason. You know, it's like not everybody wants to sit up and watch y'all compete for the same Schumann sonatas and Beethoven symphonies every year that God gives. Like, not everybody wants to see that every year. How many times y'all gonna record that That's what I'm and saying. get a Grammy for it? Y'all acting like y'all, um, Batiste and Stewart went up to Janine Yanson and snatched the, her album <laughs> out of her hand and threw it on the ground and stepped on it and spat at her feet. <laughs> like, girl. <laughs> You must rest, my dear, rest. And it's like, I feel like nobody, even all these people who talk about, oh, it's not classical music, are never really able to give a very concrete yeah, description of what classical music is. And I think that is a characteristic of classical music. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like it is so, it's just been so skewed. Like, because, because, okay, and I'm, I'm gonna bring back his. I'm gonna bring his thing back up again because there was something that he said, um, that, and I believe it was about. Um, I want to say it was about Batiste, but I don't want to. Um, 
I don't want to mess it up. But it was basically um, saying that no one could hear that piece that he did and then hear a Chopin berserker and honestly think that they're playing the same type of music. Girl, if you put a Chopin berserker up against a Beethoven symphony, they also wouldn't be the same type of music. So what are we talking about? Exactly. I'm like saying words. that is tr- that is true for literally like anybody like say you want to put say you get a Haydn string quartet and then you put it up against like like Paul Schoenfeld cafe music like it's not gonna sound the same <laughs> y'all y'all girls were on your knees praying to us to, to for early music them they didn't even have stems and, and and dots and stuff okay so what are we like y'all have classes and and books and periodical length things on the people them that was even well they didn't even have they had diamonds and they were they were not bathing and monks and stuff that's what y'all had y'all you go if you put that up against a Mahler symphony they both they too would not be the same stuff you talk about you put up a flu sonata up against uh an aria from porgy and bess you think oh yeah yeah same thing same thing like what are you y'all talking are about dumb. It's and that's true in literally any other genre literally anything that's a very stupid thing to say <laughs> like, sometimes you just gotta say for what it is it's dumb you're just not that's not very smart and you know what maybe you know he's probably ca- cracked the code get a PhD in something and then start talking about other stuff that you don't have a PhD in and you could just say whatever you want because you have the PhD yeah, it don't matter what the PhD is. because it's like yeah he got a PhD in linguistics but he talking he's saying all kind of crazy stuff over here about music but because he got that PhD now he he uh, um a contributor to the New York Times he xyz he got all of that but then you could just start saying whatever you want I'm finna don't forget me a DMA and go go do some heart transplants <laughs> yep <laughs> that's what I'm finna do I can st- girl, I can still be a dentist. I ain't even gotta go to the school. All I gotta do is give me a little DMA. I'm calling Mr. Taylor. I'm, get, I'm, I'm gonna pull something out the pull something out of hat and be like, okay, this is why I'm gonna get my PhD in. And then once I get my foot in the door, right, girl, I'm gonna call Mr. Taylor in the morning. See, he got a spot. <laughs> do that because I could be a dentist after all. Cause that's all it takes. Okay. <laughs> right now you now you got a dental column at the, at the New Yorker. Right. <laughs> talking about yeah i mean if your tooth falls out you just put it under the on your pillow and the tooth fairy will come put it back in in the middle of the night right then my there research, you go then my research on that. period oh your gums bleeding okay dirty why your gums bleeding <laughs> <laughs> you know just let them tire themselves yeah, out girl, ain't gonna just, let, forever, let, silly <laughs> <goose>. <laughs> just let them tucker themselves out they'll, they'll, they'll be done eventually gingivitis girl no people don't get that no more don't worry <laughs> Like, people, that's what it's people getting. gums receding yeah girl that's happen- it happens with age <laughs> I gotta figure it out girl I'm finna be a dentist after all my mom made it okay <laughs> <laughs> ooh Chile wow um okay well I mean we could wrap it up do you feel um I'll say do you feel like the sound of classical music is evolving why or why not I think the sound of classical music is evolving because I see it happening. Like I know, um, like uh, Joy is a great example of that. Like they do a lot with um, electronics and stuff like that. 
Um, I think also we're seeing, I even look at like the work that Matt Jones does and obviously like having strings and stuff being included in like popular music is not new. But I think um, even like his collaboration with Kurt Franklin and stuff like that, we see it there. Like I, I think the sound of classical music is evolving. I know Amari was talking about working, he was working on a piece of a, he was arranging some band song for strings or something like that. So it's like, I think the sound is evolving. I don't think the people are, but the sound is. Yeah, I feel the same way. I feel like there are going to be people who are mad because they feel like, I feel like, okay, this whole like classical music somebody got mad at me for that meme i posted with the guy the two guys on the bus and one of them is looking out the window on the happy side and one of them was on the bad side the beethoven. and i the beethoven one yeah and it was like i see more uh snarkiness uh yeah something like that directed at classical music from pop music then i do the other way around i'm like yeah okay i'm sure okay, that's not even true. um like um but i feel like classical musicians are people who are i would say classical music lovers because they're not all musicians um have kind of fooled themselves into thinking that classical music is superior and that it's like if you that whole like if you get it then you get it if you don't you're not that girl like they feel like that about classical music mm-hmm. um when in reality like obviously i love classical music and i listen to it but some of the stuff just simply don't stack up no more mm-hmm. like we've heard the Beethoven symphony a million times girl it's it, you know it's cute it's good but how many times are you gonna record that and win a grammy for it mm-hmm. like people are coming out with with new things that are in the contemporary classical space and uh they sound good and they're going to be rewarded for that yeah because it's like yeah every orchestra is gonna play that well like every, every orchestra that's getting um nominated for a grammy on a regular basis is going to play whatever given symphony that they're playing well mm-hmm. they are so it's like it's like and i'm not even one of those people like there are people who think obviously too like if you're not someone that listens to or plays classical music they think that like every orchestra playing every symphony sounds the same i don't think that mm-hmm. obviously you know but at the same time it's like they're all gonna sound good yeah. at least so <laughs> it's like they have trick themselves into feeling like oh well you know they just don't get it they just don't have the intellect to understand and it's like no they hear it we because we're we do if there was any intellect to be had to understand which you don't need to to listen to classical music you don't need to be a certain level of smart to listen to it but if there even if there was you and i would certainly have it um and we can still listen to classical music and know that it's not inherently superior to any other genre like girl it's simply like y'all don't want to accept the fact that y'all are not stacking up no more like y'all don't want to compete because you're afraid of losing yeah i also feel like like, y'all don't it's not you have to move the times you know what i'm saying like when um when Mahler started expanding the orchestra y'all ain't say nothing about that so it's like it just it's just like where it, it has to go somewhere girl it cannot keep like y'all got to um the 1990s and Copeland died and y'all like okay we good now it's like you know what I'm saying it's weird like you have it's gonna it's gonna keep growing and expanding um and that's just that's just what it is like and if it I mean if it doesn't which it hasn't been like y'all gonna get left behind and y'all gonna boohoo about y'all how y- y'all don't got no budgets I'll boohoo <laughs> I don't know that's gonna be getting on my nerves sometimes I'll be like wow I'm really here 
<laughs> but I feel like they have these conversations. Not well, probably not this particular one, but they have this. Everyone's having these same conversations in different ways and different fields. But I feel like our field be is, is definitely top five number, uh, top five most annoying. I don't think we're number one. I feel like TV, film, maybe more. But, like, I feel like we up there. Annoying, resistance to change. Yeah. Alrighty, then. Period. All right, y'all. It's time for Black Excellence, where we hype you up, gas you up, and give you your props, because there's room for everyone at the top. This week, I don't have a particular bio, but um, I'm talking about funk slide and it is a trombone I don't want to call it a trombone choir but it's a trombone group at Benedict College um, which is an HBCU and um, they're like in the marching band but they um, like when you go to a when you go to an HBCU football game there's often there's a thing called zero quarter and this thing called fifth quarter and both of them times like zero quarter is really for the band to warm up but fifth quarter is like basically usually a battle and there's usually like there's usually like elements of those of these battles like there's like a um there's usually like a tuba battle which sounds really cool it's a trombone battle and I came across this video and it sounds so freaking good and I also have a complaint to you um, about this video uh, when we turn the mics off but it's so good I want to play a little bit of it because I was like is that a trombone no okay so here get the name of the soloist dang just go get a trumpet at this point that's dang. what i'm no, saying like, <laughs> i know i i'm i i want to get the name of the soloist I'll, I'll find it by the time you get to the by the end but i know listen i've been in music school for a long time i know a lot of amazing trombone players but oh my god like that i watched that several times over i was like is that a trombone Period. Um, but I want to get the name of the guy that that did that did it. Brass girls don't say we never gave you nothing, right? Look, this is a win for Come y'all. Get y'all juice. His name is William Bilal. William Bilal. Yeah, I know that's right. Benedict College. Wow. Period. Um, my piece this week. Um, I'm not gonna do a specific piece, but I, I found a playlist. Um of some ukrainian women composers so i'm gonna just post that um, if y'all would like to take a listen okay period all right y'all thank you so much for listening i was gonna say the wrong outro because this is classically black um how does it go hmm Thank you so much for listening to Classically Black Podcast. Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe. Nope. See, that's not it. That's where I'm having the brain fart. If you have a piece of the week suggestion, a black excellence suggestion, or intermission suggestions into Classically Black Podcast 
at gmail.com if you're black center for isbm we got a lot going on phone number great yeah that's it because i don't remember oh classically black podcast at gmail.com classically black podcast.com and at classically black podcast all right y'all we'll be less disjunct next week hopefully (laughs) bye bye y'all